Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is March 1st, 2023, Anno Domini. Today's top headline, Zelensky says that if this war escalates, the U.S. will send their sons and daughters to war. Where have I heard that before recently? Hmm. Next, the CCP is introducing pregnancy perks to improve their falling birth rate. And finally, an autistic American girl raped and murdered by an MS-13 gang member. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war. And they will have to fight because it's a nature that we're talking about. And they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. So Newsweek is out with this this piece on Zelensky and said that it's huge fact check. Of course, of course, the, the clip is viral. It's all across the Internet. And they're saying, well, wait, now, hold on, hold on, now, now, hold on. He's talking about if the war escalates and includes NATO countries, then NATO will have to get involved. And that means there will be a draft and then American sons and daughters will be killed. Okay. Guess what? That's exactly what we said here on this program four days ago now on our Sunday special when we played for you. The predictive pre-creation of President Biden instituting a national draft. We said that if the war escalates, now in that situation, we were talking about an escalation. It was a slightly different scenario because we were talking about a situation which would include an occupation of Kiev and potentially this blockade encirclement of Taiwan to front global crisis at the same time because we were playing off a scenario that was given to us by Mearsheimer. We were playing off of Mearsheimer's warning. But what Zelensky said in his scenario, sure, why not? If Russia was able to invade the Baltic states, was able to take over all of Ukraine and then pushed into the Baltic states, we haven't seen any indications of this. But then, yeah, that would also trigger it. So guess what? We're actually saying the exact same thing. We are all saying the same piece here. Now, I think we're saying it for different reasons, though. I think we've got different potentialities because what we're talking about here on Human Events Daily is why we shouldn't escalate the war to where it gets to that point. That's not what you're hearing from the Ukrainian government. What they're talking about is escalate to de-escalate, which I'm sorry to say, I just don't agree with. And so here's one of the things, right? And you get into this with so many people, uh, typically on the left, but in this case, it, it involves foreign policy. So it's it's similar that you're going to be called every name under the sun if you actually agree with someone in principle, but you have a difference of opinion on how to get there. I'll give you an example. If you say I'm against abortion, they will say you're anti women. If you say, I don't support affirmative action, 
they'll call you racist. If you say, I don't support racial quotas, they'll call you racist. If you say, I support the Second Amendment, they'll say you support mass shootings. In this case, if you say, I support diplomacy or I don't support sending more material and equipment and money to the war, they'll call you a Putin puppet. But it's not actually the right thing because this is what's been done every single time by warmongers throughout history. They will say you're a Putin, you're a, you're a Putin puppet or you're a Hirohito puppet or whatever it is because you're saying, I want diplomacy to rule the day. I want to seek peace. You want peace too. We all want peace. When we did War Room yesterday, so I was co-hosting or I was guest hosting and Tanya Tay was co-hosting with me. She pointed this out as well. For the families that have been torn apart by this war, for the people who have lost their homes, they're, lo they're potentially losing their nationhood, kids been sent over to Western Europe, France, the UK, where they're being taught that there's 73 genders and they're, they're, you have little girls and little boys being told, well, are you a really a boy? Are you really a girl? Asking all this, right? Ukraine's a traditional culture. All of Eastern Europe is still very traditional. You have traditional values there. But now your kids are being re-educated in Western Europe or America because I'm not going to, you know, cast dispersions here without looking at the plank in our own eye. Because here's the thing is that in the United States, we have the same issue. We have Drag Queen Story Hour all over the place. It has become a religious ritual. It's sacramental in a way, right? Sacrificing children on one altar or another, whether it's the altar of abortion or the altar of gender identity and gen sexualization through grooming, it's the same thing. And so you're, you're still targeting children is what I mean. So my point here, going back to all of it, is we got so much heat for playing that deep fake, which we made and stated, by the way, that we scripted and designed it, right? We weren't running around telling people it was real, but we were warning people. We were warning people that perhaps one day it could be real. And because it's so shocking, we want to prepare you for that. And so a lot of people got mad at us for doing that. Other conservatives got mad at us for doing that. Big shows. But let me tell you something. We got your attention. And we woke you up to the realities of it. In the very same way that President Zelensky and to keep in mind, this guy's a trained actor. He is a trained actor. He understands how to grab your attention and to hold it. That is the point of a good actor. Okay. That's exactly what his training is. It's exactly what his background is. And that's what he's doing right there. He's being uh, provocatious because he wants to grab your attention. Because he doesn't want American. I, I hope that he doesn't want American sons and daughters being killed. But I have a difference of opinion. And in my opinion, we need to seek diplomacy. We need to seek ceasefire cease deals, truces, whatever it is that must be stuck to. And if that's done, if that's brokered through the United States, NATO, if China's involved, Turkey, whatever, you know, whatever. Because you have a responsibility to the people of your country. You have a responsibility to the people of this world. You have a responsibility to the children. Because how many more children are going to die and continue fighting? Go look at the footage out of Bakhmut. Go look at that. Does this serve anyone's interest? Does this serve the people on the ground? And you're saying, oh, they started it, but they're going to say you started it, and they're going to say you did this. Stop. Just stop. I've got little kids. 
you know what? The first thing I hear is, oh, he started it, he started I said, stop, you're both fighting. You're both fighting, and now it's going to stop. You will be separate. I'll put you both on timeout if I have to, because you are both fighting now. And if you keep playing that game of pointing the finger and continuing to fight, the question is, what gets destroyed in the meantime? How many lives are going to be lost? And what price are you going to have to pay that you're never going to be able to restore? Let's go back to 1980, when China implemented its one-child policy. It was introduced in response to government concerns about the social and economic consequences of continued rapid population growth. Families were not allowed to have more than one child, violators were fined, and mothers were often forced to have abortions, many of which were gender-selective abortions due to a historical and cultural preference for families to have boys. China says the policy averted some 400 million births. Beijing officially ended the policy at the start of 2016. In 2021, it said it would allow couples to have three children. But despite the relaxation of rules, many couples still have their reasons for not wanting more children, citing high education costs and limited childcare options as the main reasons. I don't think it solves anything fundamentally to allow people to have a second child or even a third child. I think firstly, the cost of raising a child now is too high, from when they are little to when they go to school, then when they look for a job in the future, get married and have their own children. The cost is too high. We currently don't have any plans to have a second child. To encourage more births, local governments have rolled out incentives since 2021. These include tax deductions, longer maternity leave, and housing subsidies. So there's been a lot of talk lately about the coming collapse of China, the population collapse, the CCP is going to be done because of this. And I'm like, you guys understand that they know China better than we do, right? You're some millennial blogger who gets paid $36,000 a year and maybe, maybe has a couple of paid subscribers to your Substack. Let me tell you something right now. You don't understand China better than the Politburo does. And you should just have a little bit of humility that just because you have a byline at Bloomberg or one of these other places, that doesn't mean that somehow you magically are better at doing any of these things than the actual Chinese Communist Party themselves, okay? So number one, drop the arrogance. Now here's something that the CCP is actually doing, and Zero Hedge has an article up today. Last month, Chinese officials announced that in 2022, it did mark the first drop in total population in six decades, after 9.56 million people were born versus 10.41 million who died. Now China is facing a population decline combined with this long-running rise in life expectancy, which could result in wide-ranging demographic crises. Guess what, boys and girls? We're facing the same issues here in the United States. Now, in China, their one-child policy, of course, was law. But here in the United States, it's also cultural. Some of it is also economic, by the way, because when you hear that Chinese father talking about the high cost of childcare, he could be saying that anywhere in the United States today as well. Because here in the US, 
We've set up a situation where childcare is so expensive that you can't even possibly think about getting into this unless you have both parents outside of the house working, which is, of course, what they want. They don't want you to be able to raise a child on one income. And yet that is what we should be striving for. That's certainly what the new right should be all about. And so when I look at the demographic crisis here in the United States and the fact that uh, the way that our government obviously is trying to deal with it is by importing cheap foreign labor, whether it's agricultural uh, or whether it's low-skilled labor from the southern border or whether it's foreign workers from abroad to be able to go work in tech or have people at Disney being, um, you know, having to train their own replacements like we talked about the other day. Again, it's very clear what you're doing. You're saying, well, we need to do this to further the GDP. But you look at the CCP. What are they doing? Chinese officials have loosened the country's one-child policy and offered incentives for families to reproduce. Some provinces are even going further. This is back to Zero Hedge, including one which now encourages people to have as many babies as they want. In most parts of the country, single mothers are denied government benefits that are often offered to married couples. In the tech hub city of Hangzhou, where Alibaba was founded as their headquarters. The government is now giving parents of their third child 20,000 yuan as a one-off subsidy. A second child will only net parents about half of that. In South China, the city of Wenzhou is offering more stipends per child. The northeast city of Shenyang is offering monthly stipends per child up to three years old in Shanghai and Shanxi. Officials have increased the number of paid marriage leave days, which, of course, time carried off, uh, granted to couples if you get married from three days up to 30 days just to get married, 30 days off. They're basically giving you a paid honeymoon just to get married in Shanghai. Sounds great, doesn't it? But here's the issue is that many young Chinese, of course, don't want to have these large families. Folks, this is what a serious government does when you want to actually start increasing your fertility rates. You offer incentives. You don't throw open your borders and start demanding that every country in the world is now invited. This has been U.S. policy for a long time. Invade the world, invite the world. That doesn't actually help the people who live there. Why? Let me explain this. Family formation here in the United States is hurt. It's actually damaged by high immigration. Why is that? Because if you have more people competing for the same pool of jobs, you talked about this yesterday with the Calhoun Mouse Utopia experiment, then the wages go down. Your real wages go down. In fact, inflation can come up because now you have more consumers. So while wages are going down, then guess what? Homeownership goes down and eventually family formation gets delayed and children get Uh, they, they don't exist. They're not born. Children aren't born. Families do not grow during these situations. So if you have a downward pressure on wages from high immigration, you are going to get a lower birth rate. This is obviously one of the issues that's going on. And so AOC had a whole point about this recently and said, well, that we need to bring people in because the birth rate is so low. I said, no, you don't understand. That's one of the reasons that our birth rate is so low. Another one of those, and I'm just going to say it, it's abortion. It's this idea that we use abortion as birth control to say, oh, 
well, got a little bit pregnant, but you know, just going to go take care of that. Going to pop a pill, going to go down to the clinic. We'll get it all, all taken care of. That's what our society is pushing. Our society isn't pushing normal homogenous relationships anymore. One man, one woman to have kids. People were attacking me yesterday because I called my wife, my sweetheart on air. How dare you? She has a name. What are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Go beat your chest some more, Mr. White Nightmare Feminist. Have you never actually felt a romantic feeling in your life? Guess what? Women who are normal actually like it when you use terms of endearment. I don't think I've ever called Tanya Tay Tanya once in our entire relationship, even when we were dating. God forbid. But you know what? She likes it when she's referred to in such a way. Why? Because we have a normal relationship. And I'm sorry that that's not what Hollywood told you. There was a 20-year-old autistic woman in Maryland who was strangled to death by an illegal alien here, 17-year-old MS-13 gang member. Um, under the program it is as it is right now, many of the MS-13 gang members are being brought in the country as unaccompanied minors. They're very young. Um, they're, they're under 18, and then they're being, their numbers have doubled, maybe tripled in our country. What, what have you seen with that? Again, ma'am, thanks, thanks for the question. My personal experience in, in the two years I've been in the Tucson sector, I'm, I'm unaware of any significant amount of MS-13 gang members within the unaccompanied children population. Well, how are you able to know if they're gang members or not? Do you have an MS-13 gang database that you're able to search them up in there and, and somehow find out if they're gang members or not? So, ma'am, with, with our agents that have um, a significant amount of training and experience, there are things they look for. There are certainly, as you know, you've, you've probably seen photographs of MS-13 gang members with significant amount of tattoos. Sometimes it's, it's simply an admission of it. Sometimes it may be other, other things that trigger agents to start right but chief modlin they may not have had all their uh tattoos yet being that they're young um and under 18 uh being 15 or 16 year old as a matter of fact they are coming in the country at a much higher rate that's why this 20 year old autistic woman was killed because of an illegal alien a 17 year old ms-13 gang member and she'd be alive today if our border was secure her name was kayla hamilton her name was kayla hamilton 20 years old, Aberdeen, Maryland, right on the Chesapeake Bay. Huge army base there. But not one of those soldiers could do anything to help Kayla Hamilton, 20 years old, of Aberdeen, Maryland. Just moved in with a boyfriend. And I appreciate that the new House Judiciary Committee, you saw Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, notorious MTG right there, bringing up this case. They've launched a probe into an investigation into the rape and murder of Kayla Hamilton, 20 years old, of Aberdeen, Maryland. Police say that she was raped and strangled to death on July 27th, 2022 with police arresting a 17-year-old illegal alien, a foreign, a foreign national, for the murder, noting that he was suspected as being a member of the deadly MS-13 gang.
Now, when you look at situations like this, when you look at the angel families, angel moms, as President Trump used to say, people who have had family members that were the victims of illegal alien violence. And I've met many of the angel moms. These cases are horrific. Obviously, crime in general has been on the rise in this country. But MS-13 action, MS-13 crime, these horrific, barbaric, and gruesome killings, You know, this is just three days before her birthday. It's just three days before her birthday. Three days after. Never make it to 21. Well, Kayla's never going to make it to 21. Because MS-13 is able to operate with near impunity. By the way, this isn't that far from Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. has had a ton of MS-13 activity in the, in the surrounding area, whether Northern Virginia or in Maryland. Massive army base right there. A known gang. A transnational gang, by the way. Oh, I remember down in El Salvador, President Bukele actually is doing something about this. You take a look at that. And you know why they're having that reaction? It's because of people like Kayla Hamilton. Because down in El Salvador... The people are sick of it. They're sick of the violence. They're sick of having the number one homicide rate in the entire world. And so finally, they've got a president in there, elder millennial, I think they're called, we call them centennials around here, who's decided to take the military, to take federal forces, to go to those MS-13 members and lock them all up. Now, this happened right off of Aberdeen Proving Ground. I'm going to look this up. Uh, Aberdeen Proving Ground. Proving Ground in Maryland. What is the population of Aberdeen Proving Ground? 2,000. More than 7,500 civilians and 5,000 military personnel work there. 5,000 soldiers right there on base. And not a single one of them was authorized to do anything about MS-13, which is a transnational gang. Now, I understand people are going to talk about, um, <laughs> they're going to talk about Posse Comitatus. Look, I'm talking about our priorities as a country. I'm talking about this. We have a military that is totally focused on dealing with threats and fighting wars tens of thousands of miles away from our shores. Meanwhile, just outside base, a stone's throw away from the base, foreign national, transnational gangs are coming in and raping and murdering 20-year-old girls right outside the base fence. Does that make sense? Does that sound like a serious country to you? Does that sound like a country that actually cares about its people? Does that sound like a country that's prepared to do anything in the future? Or does that sound like a country? I want to use a phrase here. Look, Bannon already dropped one F-bomb this morning, and I ain't trying to be the next one. But 
how can you not be upset about these people? How do these, these people are sick. So God bless MTG for what she's doing. God bless anybody that's doing that. I don't care what party you're in, that's doing anything about these gangs. And God bless the president of El Salvador for having the courage to show the world the way that these people, these animals should be dealt with so that you don't have another Kayla Hamilton ever again. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.